Well, hey, Northside family, I want to welcome you this morning. My name's Nate. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, one of the pastors here, so good to gather, so good to worship, even if you're online. And uh, can we just welcome everybody online real quick? Just say hello to them. And we want to make sure, too, we're clear on this. We know there were new uh, regulations that came out from our governor, and we want to let you know. Some people went, oh, you guys are going to still have services. And if you look through it, uh, he said uh, clearly in there that uh, places of worship are allowed to gather. Just continue uh, to do social distance and wearing your mask. And I just want to thank you for doing that and thank you for being here. And, and if you're at home because you didn't you know, think we were gathering and uh, you know, you're sipping on a cup of coffee in your PJs, one, we're jealous, all right? But we're grateful that you're tuning in. And I love that story from Bill and Leah Nutini. I love being a part of this community of faith that you and I get to live this out, that we walk this thing of following Jesus together. And it is an incredible story about how everyday people just come alongside one another. And that's what it means to follow Jesus, that we follow the one who's walking with us. And that's where we're going today as we walk into the, the last couple chapters today and, and next weekend in the book of Hebrews. Uh, but I wanna take a second. Uh, this week was a big day. It was Veterans Day, and uh, I want to take a second just as a church family and honor those who are veterans in our church family. We have a couple who are on our staff who are veterans. So if you're a veteran, would you stand so we can just honor you real quick? And if they don't want to, would you kind of nudge them a little bit? <laughs> to the men and women, thank you guys. Thank you for your service. To your families, thank you. You guys go through things that none of us realize or know, and there's a stress that you carry, and we just wanna say thank you. Thank you for serving. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually a couple of months ago, I was sharing in my sermon a story about a Marine. My grandpa is a Marine. And I used the phrase, I said, you know, this person, they're a former Marine. And I was quickly reminded after the service uh, that once a Marine, anybody remember? always a Marine. Hello, Pastor Ross, get your act together, right? And, and what I realized was this, that, you know, and, and number one is this, when you're a Marine, you never quit being a Marine, and you also don't call a Marine a soldier, because they're not a soldier, they're a Marine. And uh, matter of fact, I've gotten to know a little bit more about this because uh, Michael Chanley, who's our children's pastor, is a Marine. So if you wondered if our children's area is safe, just know this, he loves Jesus, he loves you, and he's a Marine, all right? And uh, so put your kind of heart and mind at ease. But he told me this week, I didn't realize this phrase. I've seen the bumper stickers, maybe you've seen this bumper sticker before, uh, but it's this phrase, simplify. I'm like, man, that's cool. You guys got your own code words, man. That's awesome. Not only are you not a soldier, always a Marine, you got your own language. And anybody know what Simplify means? Always. Saturday night just looked at me with crickets, man. They had no idea. They were not Marines, all right? But it's Sunday morning, you guys got to hear it. I didn't know this till this week. That phrase, Simplify, means this always faithful. I thought, wow. No wonder that's such a, a culture in and of itself. There's a way of acting and thinking. Always faithful to the mission. Always faithful to one another. Always faithful to the end. And I began to think about that. I'm like, man, what a cool way to live. Man, what if we lived that way? And I'm like, wait a second. Isn't that the faith of Jesus Christ? Too many times, this has been, I've been, when I was thinking about this week, sometimes I've made the mistake when I've thought about faith. This is what I thought about faith. Faith is just a set of beliefs over here, but the way I live is over here. And the more I opened the scriptures and the more I studied the word faith, and we're gonna look at this today, and the writer of Hebrews is saying this, hey, be always faithful. 
Man, be faithful to the end. Don't just agree to a set of beliefs about who you think Jesus is. Man, let the ways and the truth of Jesus lead you in every area of your life. And man, I wonder what our faith community would look like if we really believed that. That if we said, hey, to one another, man, let us be faithful to the end. Hey, let me be faithful to you. Let me walk with you. I think that's why that video was so powerful, because you saw these people be faithful to one another. Here's where we're going today and next week. Uh, This is what we want to do is we want to look at the faithfulness of Jesus. We want to be a church that finishes well. We're talking about how do we finish 2020 well. Jesus is going, I want you to be consumed with how you finish your life well. Because here's what I know about 2020. Even when the new year changes and it's 2021, guess what's going to happen? You're going to take 2020 with you into the future. Your issues and your problems that you deal with right now, they're going with you. Just because there's a new calendar year doesn't mean they disappear. And so here's what I want to do for us today. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 11 begins to redefine and remind the church of what faith is. Today, we're going to be reminded of what faith is. Next week, we're going to focus on how we run our faith out. But here's the deal. When we talk about being faithful and always faithful, sometimes we put it on ourselves. We go, I got to be faithful. I got to do better. I got to be better. I got to get my act together. I got to be more faithful. Let me just take a deep breath for a moment. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 is one of the most powerful texts that we need to memorize In the middle of calling the church to be faithful to the end, listen what the writer says in Hebrews chapter 13, 8. We're going to put up on the screen. This is what he says that Jesus is for us today. He says this, remember, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. See, this idea of you and I being faithful doesn't start with us. This idea of you and I being faithful to the end, always faithful, always finds its root and identity in Jesus. Matter of fact, can we put that back up? I think this would be good for us just to say out loud together. I mean, it's a cold, rainy morning. We're going to get the blood flowing a little bit tomorrow, all right? And so let us just say this out loud together. We're going to read this out loud together. Ready? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. But when we talk about faithfulness, man, let us just start with Jesus first. Don't start with yourself. Don't start with me. Don't start with your parents. Don't start with anybody else. Let's just start with the faithfulness of Jesus. Let him redefine faith for us. It's interesting, if you look up the word faith in the Webster Dictionary, there's 17 different definitions. No wonder we don't know what faith is. There's all these different ideas of what faith is or what you think faith is. Let me tell you a few things what faith isn't before we open the scriptures. Faith isn't just positive thinking. It's not wrong to be positive. I'm a positive person. I'm a half glass full type of person. Not, nothing wrong with being positive. The only thing is this, when we try to be positive without Jesus, here's what ends up happening. We start avoiding the issues in our life that he wants to deal with. Let's just be positive and act like they're not there. And everybody else is like, oh, they're there. If you want me to tell you what they are, I'll tell you. No, I'm just gonna be very positive right now. See, it's not bad to be positive. The only thing is we gotta be careful or else we start avoiding issues in our life. The other thing about faith is this. Faith is not just wishful thinking. Oh, I just hope it's all going to work out. I I just hope faith is, you know, someone told me this. I thought this was fascinating. They said, hope is not a strategy. I hope everything's just going to work out. I hope everything is going to get better. What happens if it doesn't? Well, I hope the consequences aren't that bad. Well, what if they are? I hope you quit asking me questions. I hope you leave me alone. 
See, this is why faith matters. It's not just positive thinking. It's not just wishful thinking. Listen what the writer of Hebrews says. He, he defines this for the church. He defines it for us today. He calls us back to this life of being faithful because Jesus is faithful. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He can be trusted. And he says this about what faith is. He just summarizes it in a thick one sentence. Listen to what he says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse one. He says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. I'm gonna unpack that here in a second. But then he goes on to say this, and this is what the ancients were commended for. Meaning this, the heroes of the faith, sometimes we read the Bible and we go, man, I wish I could be like them, but I can't be like them. And he goes, oh, no, no, you can be like them through faith. Through faith. Faith is being sure, meaning this, Faith is living with confidence and certainty in our uncertainty. If you're taking notes, you want to write that down. Faith is certainty and confidence in the midst of our uncertainty. It's this faith that, no, God, you are with us. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. I tell you what, if somebody tells me the word unprecedented one more time, I'm going to go unprecedented on them, all right? We're just unprecedented times. We're just unprecedented times. Can I let you know, times have always been unprecedented since Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. That's why it feels unprecedented. Because we live in a sinful world. We live in a broken world. We live in a selfish world. We live in a world where we are not faithful to God, yet God continues to be faithful to us. Unprecedented started when sin entered the world. And what we need is an unprecedented faith in an unprecedented time. And we need a Lord that is faithful to us. This is why he says faith is being sure of what we hope for. Faith doesn't begin with us. Faith begins with Jesus. See, sometimes we go, I just got to have more faith. Really what we're saying is this. No, we actually maybe need to let Jesus' faithfulness be more to us than us. See, this is what redefines our life. Faith is being certain, sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. We don't always get to physically see Jesus in our everyday life, but this is where the Holy Spirit comes in and it works and it defines and it leads our life. See, faith is the mark of finishing well. You wanna finish well in 2020? Begin to live by faith. You want your life to count? You want at the end of your life, you wanna leave a legacy? Live a life of faith. Faith is the mark too many times, and I fall into this. Man, I just I want to make sure I'm successful in my life. Can I let you know Jesus never called you to be successful? He called you to be faithful. He doesn't call us to be successful. He calls us to be faithful because what he's saying is this: when you are faithful to me, what you're really saying is you're letting me be your success. And when you let me be your success, you will experience the life that I created you for. You will experience the joy that I want to give in your life. You will experience this love. What's amazing is I begin to study scripture more and more about Jesus and faith. And what I found is this, and when I study the scriptures is this, the only thing that amazed Jesus in scripture was faith. That's it. The only thing that amazed Jesus. If you want to amaze Jesus with your life, you go, look at this, Jesus. You know what, he's, you know what amazes him? You know what gets his attention? When you and I live by faith. 
Listen to what it says in Luke chapter seven, verse nine, uh, a Roman centurion, which is a Roman soldier came to him and he said, hey, Jesus, one of my servants is sick. I need you to come and heal him. And Jesus says, let let, let me go, let's heal him. And he says, no, He, he goes, I'm a man of authority. People listen to me, I tell them to do stuff and it happens. Jesus, you just need to say the word and they will be healed. You don't even need to come to my house. Whoa. Listen what Jesus' response was. Luke 7, verse 9, he says, I have not found such great faith, even in Israel, even in the people of God. He was blown away. He's like, you're even a Roman. You don't even know the Bible. You don't know this, but man, you live by faith. I am amazed by you. You have such great faith. And in Mark chapter 6, 6, Jesus is in his hometown. He's healing people. He's telling people about God. He's longing to change their lives, but it said the town didn't want to follow him. They didn't want to live by faith in him. And listen what he says. In Mark chapter 6, 6, he says, and Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith. What Jesus is saying is this, success for you and I as followers of him is to live by faith. It is to be people who are lived by faith. This is why it says the ancients were commended. I, I wanna encourage you and invite you to read all of Hebrews chapter 11 today, especially it's gonna be fresh in your mind. Go back and read. And what you're gonna find is this story after story. Matter of fact, the, the writer of Hebrews says the word by faith 23 times in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. 23 times he says this, Abel gave an offering by faith. Not only that, Noah built a boat by faith. If you're wondering about that, this is why it's so crazy. Someone's like, well, building a boat, that's not weird. Noah was called by God to build a boat and here was what was the craziest part. He was 500 miles away from water. That's weird. And sometimes that's what faith calls us to do. It calls us to do things that people around us look at you and go, man, you're you're weird. And I go, "I, I, I know. I know. See, this is where the church gets to be fun. You and I get to be in a foxhole of faith with one another. This is why we we journey together. This is why we need one another. This is why we talk about Christ's community and calling. We need this community of faith because he's saying this all the way through Hebrews chapter 11. He goes, by faith, Abraham left his home and went to the land where I was going to show him. And Abraham argued with God, where are we going? Leave where you are. I'm going to tell you. I know, but where? You know, because I just want to put it in my GPS. I don't want to get lost, God. We do that sometimes, right? God, I'll follow you anywhere, but if you can give me a clear picture, right, first, God, if you can just tell me who I'm gonna marry, I promise I will trust you with them. And it's like, that's not the way it works. Over and over again, by faith, by faith. Came across this quote by Oz Guinness. He's a, an author and theologian. And listen to what he says about this. This stopped me in my tracks. He said, we prefer the safety of doubt over the risk of disappointment with God. Here's what I mean by safety of doubt. When Oz Guinness says we prefer the safety of doubt, what we say is stuff like this. God, I don't know if it's gonna work out. And really deep down, here's the deal. We know God is faithful. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But when we say, God, I don't know if, I don't know if it's gonna work out, what we do is this, we use that as an excuse to not follow him. One, I wanna be real clear. If you're analytical and you got questions and you got doubts, God wants all of your questions and he wants all of your doubts. Do not hold back. We wanna be a church that is okay with every question coming to God. 
But here's the deal. When we know God is faithful and we've got there, we've got to pay attention because sometimes it's easier to say stuff like this. Well, I just don't know if it's going to work out. And really is this, we're afraid that God may disappoint us. I got a phone call from a pastor friend this week and uh, he's only about 25, 26 years old. And he was asking me because uh, he knew I left a ministry in Illinois before I came here. And he was calling and he said, Nate, uh, he began just to unload. He just talked nervously for about 12 or 15 minutes straight. He said, here's what's happening. He goes, I'm at a great church. I'm at a great place. The, the, the pastor's great. Things are going great. My, my wife's doing great. He said, you know, we've got one kid. We've got one kid on the way. And I'm going, okay, man, like what's wrong? Like, well, like, what's happening? He's just talking real nervous, real nervous. He goes, and uh, 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 he goes, I, I feel like God is releasing me from this church and calling me to go somewhere else, but I don't know where that is. And it's in the middle of Corona and I've got a child on my way and his voice starts going rampant and he just finishes with this. Am I crazy? That's how he, and I'm like, one, you sound crazy. Yes, 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 you do. But then two, I just said this, thinking about this, I said, welcome to the world of faith, my man. I love how Michael Todd, he's a pastor in Tulsa, says this. He goes, when we say the word faith, what we need to say is this. We have a crazy faith in Jesus. See, this is what faith is, boy. It calls us to things in obedience that sometimes make us feel uncomfortable. And Northside, I just want, I just want to say one thing just real quick. I am so proud of your crazy faith in the midst of this pandemic. You guys have been so generous. You guys have been so loving. You guys have built online community. You've reached out to friends. You've joined back in. You're serving. Can I let you know what you all did during this pandemic? Several of you volunteered to do this. You guys have called over 6,000 of our Northside family just to call and check in on them and pray with them. That's crazy faith, right? We don't even answer the phone anymore. We're like, uh-oh, no, new number. Who this, right? We ain't answering that. I don't know this number. And this is what I love about you guys. You're going, no, no, no. We're going to be a fox whole of faith. We are going to live this out together. See, if you want your faith to count, follow the one who's always faithful. He's going to lead you into new things. He's going to call you into new things and it will scare you and I to death. This is why Hebrews chapter 11, verse six, the writer goes on and he says this in verse six, he says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. God's not asking you to just, you know, perform for him and then maybe he'll love you. He goes, oh no, without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him, he says two things here, must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You see what the writer does here? He's going, this isn't just about your belief system. Yes, it is. But he goes on to say this, our belief changes our behavior. This is how you can know if your faith is really taking root. Do what you believe actually come out in your life? When Jesus says to forgive those who have hurt you and to bless those who persecute you, does that belief actually come out in your behavior? See, that's when we really need faith, isn't it? Because you're like, Lord, I don't want to bless them. You know, unless blessing means tackling them, right? You know, we're going, God, I don't want to forgive them. He goes, I know, but have I forgiven you? Yeah. Do you believe that? Yeah. And let your belief begin to change your behavior. See, this is why the writer says this. And I love what he says in this. He says, he doesn't just say without faith it's impossible to please God. 
Anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And then I love this, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Some of us will say stuff like this, well, what's the reward? And maybe I'll seek him. No, 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 that's not faith, right? Well, God, if it's like a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, I'm in, right? Can you just, you know, tell me how much money's there? No, that's not how it works out. You know what our reward is when we walk in faith? We get God. May we get the living God in our life. You and I get to experience the life that he created us for. You and I get to begin to step out into it. This is what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13. I love how he wraps up about all of these people who were commended for their faith. Abraham and Mosaic, Moses, Mosaic, Mosaic law, Moses. Listen to what it says in verse 13. It says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. Can I just say what a great life goal that should be for us? Man, what's your life goal? To live by faith till I'm dead. Well, what does that mean? I don't know, but I'm gonna live by faith. I'm gonna live by faith. This is why they were commended. All these people were still living by faith when they died and they did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. See, when you and I start living by faith, what happens is this. We look different than the world. We look strange. We look crazy to the world. But here's what we know. God is with us. He is the one who is faithful. He is the one who will lead us. See, faith just isn't a set of beliefs. Faith is also trusting the Lord. It's going, okay, God, I'm going to trust you with this. And it is scary, but it is worth everything in our life. It even says this about how Moses lived. In verse 27, he said, by faith, Moses left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger, and he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. See, when you and I live by faith, this is what it means, that you and I leave where God calls us to leave, to follow him with where he's called us to leave. This is what faith is all about. Faith in Jesus means this. I'm going to no longer trust the ways of this world. Jesus, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to leave my life of sin. I'm going to leave all these other things that I'm worshiping. I'm going to leave all these other things that I'm letting be my life. And Jesus, I'm going to let you be my life. And he said, and he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. He saw him who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, this is the beauty of faith that we get to see Jesus at work in our lives. We get to see the power of the Holy Spirit and we need it because listen what happens in verse 36. This is why he's writing to give a pep talk because life gets hard. Anybody ever take a step of faith? You know, you hear the Lord speak to you on a weekend. You go, God, I'm going to trust you. Maybe like the new teenies, God, I'm going to take a step of generosity. And you start giving back to God. You start being generous and then your transmission falls out on Tuesday. And you're like, God, hey, hey, did you forget that? Don't you know what I did? He's like, I know, but come on, man, I'm going to take care of you. Or, or, you got, or you choose, you go, you know what? I'm going to forgive them today. And the first thing they do on Monday morning is they do something for you to remind you why you shouldn't have forgiven them, right? And it's amazing how this works out. And he's saying, when you and I walk by faith, we got to get ready. This is why we need this community around us because you and I are going to face hardship. This is what it says in verse 36. He said, some face cheers, jeers and flogging while still others were chained and put in prison. 
They were stoned and they were sawed in two. Hello. Right, we think it's bad. Oh, man, you know, people are, are criticizing us on Facebook. Have you been sawed in two lately? No? Okay, Let, let's kind of buck up here, all right? These people were stoned. They were killed. They were sawed in two for their faith. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. These are followers of Jesus. And then listen to what it says. And the world was not worthy of them. Do, do you see why we can't put our success in this world? This world will let you down. This world will not be faithful back to you. But there's one who is faithful. And he's the same yesterday and today and forever. Jesus says this to his disciples on his last night with them in John chapter 16. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. He lets them know, you're going to have trouble. You're going to live by faith and you're going to meet trouble in this world. In this world, you will have trouble. But then he says this, take heart. That's what he's saying. Have faith. Put your faith in me. Take heart because I have overcome the world. You know who our faith is in? Our faith is in the one who's overcome the world. But when your world is crashing in, what we remember is this. Oh, no, no, no. My faith is in the one who's overcome this world. Man, when we are persecuted for living this out, can I just let you know, nobody's going to agree with you being a Christian for the rest of your life. Can we just kind of move on from that? I'm waiting for the world to approve of me. Uh-uh. Ain't going to happen. The world was not worthy of these Christians who lived out their faith. It says they wandered in the deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. And yet these were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised. See, here's why we got to live by faith. Faith doesn't just change our behavior. Here's what faith does in our life. Faith allows us to trust God with the results that come in our life. See, this is the big thing about faith. Faith is saying, God, I'm going to trust you with the results. Here's where I have to grow in my faith. I, I, I believe in God. I believe that he's the creator of all things. I believe in Jesus. I don't have any doubts about who he is, about that kind of faith. Here's the bigger issue of faith for me is this. The bigger issue of faith is this. Will I give my plans over to God? That's the bigger issue of faith for me. I'll give God my sin. The question God is asking me, that's great. Thank you for letting Jesus save you on the cross, Nate. Now, can I have your plans for your life? Because I have a better plan for you. Uh, can I pray about that? He's like, well, sure, you can pray to me about that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. And here's the deal. God's not just saying, I don't just need you to place your faith in me. I need you to allow me to be your life. Allow me to be the one who leads you forward. See, this is where we need one another. This is where we need the prayers for each other to say, God, I'm going to trust you with the results. It says this, they were commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Here's what's going to happen. When you and I live out our faith, we're not going to see the total picture before we die. Some of you are going, well, give me an example of this. Two people come to mind, Abraham Lincoln and Martin Luther King Jr., Abraham Lincoln had to trust God with his results even when over half the nation hated him to the point where he was killed for his faith. Same with Martin Luther King Jr. Killed for walking out a life of faith. You know what God didn't do 
to Abraham Lincoln and Martin Luther King Jr. before they died? Hey guys, listen, you're gonna die for your faith, but don't worry. Abraham, you're gonna get a really cool statue that overlooks a river and people are gonna come and they're gonna rub your feet. It's gonna be really neat. And Martin Luther King Jr., you're gonna get a statue too. Don't worry. You know what he asked Abraham Lincoln and Martin Luther King Jr. to do? And you know what he's asking you and I to do? It's to walk by faith. Sometimes we go, Abraham Lincoln's up there. Martin Luther King Jr., they are up there. I could never be like them. You know how you can actually be like them? Live by faith. You know how you leave a legacy? You and I live by faith. See, this is the invitation that Jesus has given us. He's saying, no, 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 I've got a better life for you. I have a better plan for you. And boy, this is gonna be the wrestling. This is why we need this community. This is why they say the phrase about churches. They are a community of faith. They're a community, a always faithful community that is going after the ways of God. And here's the beautiful thing that it says. He goes on to say this in verse 40. And God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Do you hear that community language? Too many times I let faith be this individualistic thing of just my faith in God, my faith in God, I need to do better. And he's going, no, Nate, you need to have a faith in me. Here's what you need. You need a community of faith around you. You need a brotherhood and a sisterhood around you. You need a way of life, a church family full of the Holy Spirit that is encouraging you, praying for you. It was so funny. I was walking in this morning. All the lights were off in this place. Uh, Jim Props, he's one of our executive pastors. And uh, he was just in here praying on this stage. It was about 7.30 morning. All the lights are off. He's just sitting right over here. And then I thought he was Batman. I couldn't see him. Like, ah, right? Like, what are you doing? He goes, just sitting here praying for the church today. And I'm like, one, you scared me to death, right? And can you pray for me to get my breath back? But it was so encouraging this morning to walk into this place. And you know what? to be met by another brother who wants to live out his faith. I mean, what would happen in our life groups if we didn't just meet to go over the sermon questions or to go over the book reading, but we met to encourage one another to live out our faith? Hey, where's God calling you? I think he's calling me to do this, but I am scared to death. Well, let's pray about that. Man, let us walk with that. See, here's the beautiful thing about faith. Faith takes us forward together. We're asking that question right now about our country. How do we move forward? You want to know how we move forward together as a country? Oh, this will not get voted for. Trust me on this. Ready? You know how we go forward together? We actually become people of faith in Jesus. That's how we move forward. Church, this is how we go forward. This is what the scripture says. God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Only together will you and I move forward in our faith. Only together will we live this out. This is why you read the rest of the New Testament and you read books like Paul writing to Timothy. Hey, fight the good fight, keep the faith, finish the race, keep going. This is what the community of faith does for one another. See, this is why we gather. We gather to encourage each other, not so God would love us. He already loves us, but so that you and I would walk out our faith. So that's the goal when we leave this place, that we would live by faith. You guys saw that story of Bill and Leah Nutini during our offering time. And uh, that story has hit home for us uh, I got a picture of all of those ladies who helped Leah. And this is just an incredible group of faithful women. This is a picture of a foxhole of faith. People are going, I am 
in this with you. My wife, Ruthie's there in the middle. And so uh, she's in the yellow shirt. And man, she's been walking this story out. And when Jackson, uh, Bill and Leah's little boy, when he went in with RSV into the hospital, uh, they had just had a newborn baby. And this is pre-COVID, all right? So hang on, don't judge me on this. But here's what would happen. They had to be at the hospital all the time for six weeks. And that group of women took care of at least their newborn baby. Matter of fact, we spent a couple nights where Elise was at our house with a newborn baby. And I went, this is crazy, y'all. And Jesus is going, I know, welcome to faith. It gave us a test run to see if we wanted a fourth kid. We're good with three. And uh, <laughs> we're good with three. But there was something magical in that craziness. That we would watch somebody else's kid that I'd spend time at a hospital praying with Bill and Leah, praying our guts out, praying our tears out to the Lord. There's something special that happened. And you know what it was? Faith. Faith. Not just a belief, but a way of life. A way of walking with one another. A way of encouraging one another. Of way, a way of watching each other's kids. A way of building each other up. Northside, that's my prayer for us. That we would be a community of faith. That at the end of our life, this is what they would say about us. Boy, they lived by faith. May we not just be people who have faith, but may faith have us. Let me pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this gift of faith. And Jesus, you are our gift. You are the one who was faithful. You are the one who's faithful right now. God, even when we're reminded right now of our unfaithful ways, God, thank you that we don't have to avoid them, but thank you that you have come to save us from them. Jesus, by your grace and your mercy, would you continue to turn us in to a community a faith, a community that's just not about us and you, but is about all of us in you. Father, would you give us boldness by your Holy Spirit to live out, to see you, to trust you, and to live by faith this week. And we pray all of this in your grace and your mercy and your name. And all of this said together, amen. May you live by faith today, everybody. God bless.